Welcome to track number 14 of Spiritual Battles. Now, the first battle is the battle not to fall into the same problems that others before you fell into when you are climbing towards the ministry. Now, when Elijah, Elisha heard that message, stay here. The first victory that he had was not to fall into his predecessors' problems. Exactly, photocopy. Try at least to do one step better than the guy who was before you. So sometimes when I'm employing people, I tell them about the problem that I had with the person who was there before them. So that at least you don't have the problem of that person who was just before you. And you can do a little better than the person. Now, Elijah is not the first time Elijah went on mystical journeys. Huh? <laughs> this is not the first time. There were many times before. And this is not the first time that he has asked a servant to stay at a place. And neither is he the first servant of Elijah. If you turn back a couple of pages in 1 Kings chapter 19, after he finished killing all the prophets and, of Baal and calling down fire, Bible says in chapter 19, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. You remember the servant who had to go here, go here, go here, go here? Remember that? Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Remember that? Are you there? He said, So let the gods do in verse 2 of First Kings 19. Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah saying, Let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah. Are you in there with me in verse 3? And circle the last sentence. And he left his servant there. This guy was there before Elisha came. He had a fair servant. So the fair servant of Elisha. So when Elisha heard those words, stay in Gilgal, stay in Gilgal, stay in Stay in Gilgal. Oh dear. Stay in Gilgal. He said, What? I've heard one of these things before. Now listen, all of us have people who are just like us. You understand? Friends. That's why I, I, I told somebody, I said, You know that you are a replacement of this person. You get it? Your replacements are more than 200. They are just waiting. When you don't like it, no, they will come and take over. You get it? Is this port? The screw. Okay. Put it away. Stop fidgeting. This port is port. Alright? Are you there? Are you listening? Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what the Lord is saying is that at least use the experience of the people before you. Now, those of you who are young and come, if you look even in lighthouse, you see some pastors, you shouldn't follow their example. Yeah, you shouldn't be like them. 
Because of this person, I don't have to be like him. What do you think? In the ministry, you see people that I, I should not be like this person. You see people having certain experiences. You know, this one, I should not become like this. At least. Because where you are going, some people have been there already. So there are some things you have to learn. I will not be like this. I will do better than this. I will not go the way of this. Okay? Now at Gilgal, what happened at Gilgal? Gilgal was the place where they all crossed the Jordan and they landed and they came getting ready for the conquest. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. And some people stay at Gilgal. Now mystically, I do believe that the things that happen at Gilgal, and there are three things that happen at Gilgal. You understand? And all these three things are mystical battles that you must overcome and conquer in order to move to the next stage of your mystical journey. Are you listening to me? One of the things that happened was that they were all circumcised. All of them had grown up and they were not circumcised before. Are you listening? So at Gilgal, huh? at Gilgal, it's time for circumcision. We are cutting off flesh. And painful things are going to happen at Gilgal. Are you listening to me? It's the beginning. It's right at the beginning of your ministry. It's right at the beginning. I have something I call a message I call commencement spirits. They are spirits that attack you on, upon the commencement of your ministry. And one of them was one spirit that Jesus met the same spirit, the commencement spirit. He met him and he said, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And Michael Jackson and those people, they, said, they, they sang the song, a false song. As the Lord said, by turning stones into bread. You, have you said that? Yeah. We are the world. We are the people. We are the, da, 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 da. So let's start living. As the Lord shone by turning stones to bread. And he, did, he never turned stone into bread. As the Lord is shown by turning stones to bread, we can make a better day. So let's just, yeah, just you and me. He, he didn't turn stones into bread. Huh? He didn't turn stones into bread. He still refused to turn the stones into bread. He refused to make a breakfast in the, in the desert. He refused to make toast. He refused to cut bread. Is that, and it ends your ministry. See, some of you, sex, you can't stop it. Just sex. What is sex? You see, one day, one of my pastors said he saw, he saw uh, somebody with a t-shirt. And there was something written on the front of the t-shirt and something written on the back of the t-shirt. So what I think they wrote in the back of the front of the t-shirt is sex and they wrote in out in out in 
out in or out in out in out in out six he was <laughs> the t-shirt the t-shirt is trying to define sex <laughs> the sex is in out in out in out in sex that is all and because of in out in out in out in you won't work for god the commencement spirits they take you on at the beginning some of you can't leave boyfriends I love you baby oh man I need to speak to you tonight and when you hear the voice you are are melting like butter that is being heated on the frying pan you are becoming soft forgive smoking something that kills one third of his followers every three people who smoke one dies from smoking drinking drugs jealousy the women we have the hidden streams of the flesh wickedness jealousy bitterness unforgiveness is flowing like that and you are in the church you can never minister if you have all these things in you and you have to win the battle at Gilga when they say we are now doing circumcision line up all penis out we are cutting you don't understand the message do you understand the message joshua chapter 5 okay verse joshua chapter 4 verse 19 i'm going to go back a bit and the people came up out of jordan on the 10th day of the first how many are enjoying the mystical journey are you ready to flow on the mystical journey where does the journey start gilgal when you cross the jordan first thing you see gilgal and that's why we need to go to jerusalem the holy land so that when you read the bible you can relate with all these words some of these places when you say them you think it's all at one place but they are actually different different places you understand it helps you to understand what you are reading better amen Amen. now joshua chapter 4 verse 9 and the people came out of jordan on the 10th day of the first month and encamped in where gilgal all right in the east border and then and those 12 stones which they took out of jordan did joshua pitch in where gilgal and he spake unto the children of israel saying when your children shall ask their fathers in time to come saying what mean these stones then your children shall say israel came over this jordan on dry land 
For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan. All right, etc. Now verse five, chapter five. Now when all the kings of Amorites on the on the side of Jordan westward, I told you they came from the east and they came to the west. Okay, so all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over. Their hearts melted; neither was there any spirit in them because of the children of Israel. Now where did they go from chapter five? They went to chapter six. And what was in chapter 6? Jericho. But instead of going straight to Jericho, they went from Gilgal, not to Jericho. Where did they go? Bethel, which is another different place altogether. Jericho was just the next place to go and kill. So from Gilgal, they should have gone and just gone to Jericho. But no, God is a mystical God. He said, Isaiah 45 Thou art a God that hideth thyself. You can't know what God is doing. That is why you need to trust and obey. I could never be here in South Africa preaching to South Africa if I was using my mind. Because my mind has not brought me here. I don't know you. Where did I know you from? Have I seen you before? It is through God that we are standing here. It's God's work. We are all mystically found ourselves in a place. No, none of us planned all this. We never planned that we are just finding ourselves in things that we never intended. I've never got up and said, I'm going to reach South Africa. I'm going to reach out. I mean, if I tell you that, it's not true. I'm lying. We are just finding ourselves in mystical places. Now, the Lord said, chapter 2, make the chapter 5, verse 2, make sharp knives. Make what? Sharp knives. And circumcise the children of Israel the second time. Mercy. And Joshua made him sharp knives. And circumcised the children at the hill of, of the false kings. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of you were males. Men of all, they died in the wilderness. Now, the people that came out were circumcised. The people that were born in the wilderness, they had not been circumcised. Verse 6. The children of Israel walked 40 years till all the men of war which came out of Egypt, which were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord in whom the Lord swore he would not show them the land. And the Lord swore on the fact that he would not give us a land. And their children whom he raised up in the stead, Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised. And it came to pass when they had done circumcised, all the people abode in their places till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Wherefore the name of that place is called Gilgal unto this day. Amen. Amen. So it is a place for rolling away the reproach. Amen. Amen. How many are ready to roll away the reproach from your life? Oh, hallelujah. Now look, all of us have flesh. Miranda, stand up, stand up. Miranda has flesh. What are your fleshly problems? <laughs> what are your fleshly problems, my dear? You can't see them. You can't see them. Okay, no problem. It's just the same as us. All right. <laughs> Pastor Hamish, what are your fleshly problems? It's not easy to say. But you see, all of us have flesh. And no matter how formal somebody looks, how distinguished, how diplomatic. Sometimes they are the most perverted people. Those distinguished looking diplomatic people. 
Huh? The school prefects type of people. Those. Huh? Yes. They have this distinguished look, you know. Moral. You'll be surprised. When you go to Switzerland, you will not, you will not have, you know, you not, you not think that the things in Switzerland are in Switzerland. The way they behave is very orderly, clean. I had a relative who was working there, and he told me, he said, he had a, he had a prostitute. Every time I used to go to his shop, there was a prostitute. Her office was outside his window. <laughs> what I mean is that he had a glass door like this, and she, she, she liked to stand in front of his window. So sometimes she used to come in to eat because it was an eating place. So she'd come inside to eat. But she have a high heels, a black, whatever dress. And she come. In the winter, they stand without clothes. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's very hard work. Very, very hard work. And, and some of them, their husbands drop them every morning and pick them in the evening. Oh, yes. Yes. But you, you will never think those Swiss gentlemen. And so sometimes she would come to the shop and tell him some of the things that the men do. Distinguished men working in the banks. A distinguished United Nations officials. Some of them will come and they say they want her to urinate on, on them. Just we wee on me. And other strange things. All oh, these type of people. <laughs> coprophilia. Do you know coprophilia? Do you know coprophilia? Huh? Some, some of the people... No, I mean, this particular girl didn't talk about it, but some people have that. They love feces. And the smell of feces. It's, it's either two things. I, I even forgot this. Um, they love to watch somebody defecating. Huh? Or what? You remember? Huh? No, no, that's a different one. That's another, that's another one. But there's this guy, he, he, he gets the sex. When the people defecate, then he, he goes into the bathroom, he takes the feces and puts it in a rubber bag and takes it home. Then he warms it. And as he smells it, he has an erection. And he's able to have, uh, what do you call it? You, you've not listened to those tapes? Huh? Yes. You don't you don't listen to those things. Why are they not on the internet? Or they don't listen? Uh, but you don't listen. Okay. Who, who has listened to that? I've preached about some of those things. Uh, you all you are all disconnected. I can feel it. I can feel it. Since this time I came, I don't know. You feel that you are not connected to what we are doing in Accra. Why is that the case? Do you know? Mm. Because I don't preach much now. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I can feel it. I can feel you are disconnected people. I mean, spiritually. That's how I feel. From the first day that I came. In fact, I even sent a text to somebody before I started preaching. Yeah. So I'm not surprised what I'm, the question I'm, Even when I mention certain words, because it's such an amazing and dramatic story, which I told in detail when I was preaching. I don't preach on Sundays. So I rarely preach. And I can see that you're all disconnected people. 
So when before I started preaching, I could feel who I was talking to and who I was not talking to. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And that is also what makes me talk about certain things. When I talk about where I am in the ministry and where you are not. And that it's not even like we are in maybe we are in, let's say first year you are in third year. It's like you are you are you are in a, you are still in nappies. It's true. It's, it's it's wonderful. Anyway, so that's why I wonder whether the message that I'm preaching is even of any of any use. It's true because a real catcher of the anointing doesn't catch it in a service like this. They catch them privately. Because all public blessings are from secret experiences. Jesus said it. He said, I will reward you openly. You come and do it in secret, I will reward you openly. When you want an open reward, you must have something from the secret. It's true. A baby pregnancy is from a secret behavior, and then the baby is coming. Yeah? Anyway, I'll still preach. So, uh, what was I talking about? What was I talking about? Yeah, so you have people who have all kinds of perversions, but they look very distinguished, dignified, etc. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Very distinct, distinguished, but they, they have all this perverted whatever. So, we all have it, and you must cut it off. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Okay, are you there? Then, the next thing that happened at Gilgal was that the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover for on the 14th day of the month, even on the plains of Jordan. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover and leaving cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Right? And neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land. Amen. Amen. Now, the next important thing that happened was that the manna ceased at Gilgal. They have eaten manna in the wilderness for 40 years. And from that day, the manna ceased. Alright? Now, this is where many people lose it. That's the second thing that happens at Gilgal. And then the third thing is that they have to start eating corn that they plant. You see? Now, there is a level and a place in your, in your life where God will do things and provide things almost by good fortune. Not good fortune, but it's like he just does them for you. You see? But then the time comes when you have to stop. That thing will stop. Now, you have come to the place 
where you have to plant corn intentionally and reap it and eat it. And the supernatural manner that comes, do you see, will not come anymore. This, I think, is the most biggest traffic light for most of us. This is where it ends. What do I mean? You see, the things which come to you, listen, listen carefully. The things which come to you just by grace, just waking comes from the sky. There is a time when God stops it. And now you have to sow and intentionally sow and intentionally reap. Like, for instance, with me, I experienced a certain anointing by virtually as if it was by accident. You just fall in love with somebody, you just yearn after the person, become abandoned without even knowing that you have ab- abandoned yourself, and so on. And then you just ha- find yourself receiving something that you didn't even intend to receive or even desire. But one day, it came to a place where I was looking for something. And the Lord told me, now the things that you know, I now, that by grace thing that comes from the air is finished. Now, I expect you to sow corn and let it grow and reap it practically. It's no more going to be by that grace it comes from the sky. Yeah. And this is where, you see, because a time comes when you know what is to be done. And the manna is no more coming. That's why the manna is now falling on people who are not even in lighthouse. That's why you, if you watch, you realize I, I stop having camps for lighthouse pastors. So I start, they come, I start young. Because the people don't yearn for anything. You can see, by the way, they don't even listen to the tapes. That I, they are not yearning. I'm looking for, I was looking for anything that the person is preaching about. Even up to today. I still preach. You see that I'm talking from people. You can't listen to me preaching without hearing people's names. So much of what I'm talking about, I'm I'm ministering what has been ministered to me. Not something that is, of course, it may sound strange to you. It may sound new to you, but it's not. I can just, if you have interested, I can tell you, and I'm, I'm not even bothered. Because I've shared so many things. So that's why I just even withdraw. And I don't, so you notice, for instance, that even in camps, I don't preach as long as I used to preach. Because there's an energy which has been withdrawn. And even at time may come, I may not have camps anymore. It's true. And so people who are looking for anointing, at time comes, it will drop on you. You have to sow corn and eat it. If you like, don't sow corn. The the thing that drops from the heaven has finished. (laughs) Only the intentionally done things will happen. See, and that's what I that's why I always say that perhaps it is only when you start thinking deeply that even where you are in your churches and your ministry, some of you pastors, so I can transfer you from there tomorrow morning. I can the last time I came to South Africa, there were pastors here, some in Cape Town here. I when I, I, I my my mind started coming, my mind moves like this. 
I took a step, pill, then I stopped. I said, no, I will not do it. Then I go, by the time I was zipping my bag in the hotel, I said, I'm moving these guys out of Zimbabwe and out of South Africa. Finish. I said, when I get, well, as soon as I go, I said, ask them to come to Ghana now. So even the ministry that you are doing, you can be moved from this. That even should show you that. But I cannot be moved from, only God can move me from where I am. So that alone should show you what you are not. And yet there is no yearning for something greater and higher and better than where you are. You understand? So when you see people, you see, like that's why Benny has stopped having crusades. Not that he stopped, but he's reduced his crusades in America. Because the way he went outside America and went to places, he saw the hunger. And you are, if, as a minister, you are always attracted to people who are hungry. You, you, and when you have a choice, either here, here, or here, or always you go to the hungry people. It's so much nicer. In fact, you, the minister who is speaks, you look far more powerful and far more anointed when you are with hungry people. <laughs> Before you say amen, they are receiving anointing. Before you have a chance to say amen for the sermon, they've received. It's true. Are you listening? Yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is that there is that place. And you see, the reason is that because one has thought about all these things, you have you are Gilgal. The manna has ceased. And the manna has ceased. And you won't also plant corn. The manna has ceased and you won't plant corn. So you are hungry. How did you come to the church? You planned the crusade. Stand up. You planned the crusade. How did you come to the church? You were going where? Somewhere. Yeah, I was going somewhere with a friend, and um, there was a crusade in the area. You planned the crusade? Not at all. You organized it? Not at all. It was organized by who? Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And, um, you were a Christian? No. I was a serious drunkard. Drunkard? Yeah. So a drunkard is not expected to sow a seed of salvation or reap a harvest of salvation. He's a drunkard. So the manna is coming. The lighthouse is at the corner. And then what happened? And then a sister approached us and um, she said that there was a crusade. In fact, she actually thought there was a party because it was an Akazu time. So she Akazu the two of us. We went, I went to sit in the front seat. Reverend Saki preached. I wept bitterly, gave my life to Christ. And that was all. My other friend didn't give his life to Christ and after three years he died. Okay, so you planned, you planned your salvation. What was the year that you planned your salvation? 1998. 98. Did you plan it? No. It just happened. Okay. That's the manner. You don't plan it. You don't organize it. It comes. <laughs> but then, there will be a time when the manner... Say, at Gilgal, the manner ceased. And at Gilgal, you are expected to do things intentionally. From Gilgal, you are expected to do things intentionally. To catch anointing intentionally. To walk in power intentionally. It will no more happen accidentally. That's, that's the Gilga. And it is at that point that everything ends. <laughs> yeah? And it's because people are not looking for anointing. You see, when I look at myself, when I just look at myself, you know, I remember, <laughs> sit down, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. 
You see, and I, I, I use that to know my feelings. One day, um, Pastor Richard sent me some presents. Pastor Richard sent me something, these one, two, three different things. But then he sent me a pack of some CDs, some rejoiner CDs. Do you see? Then I felt in myself love. And I felt, what, what, what a present. It was so precious to me. It was so precious to me to have those CDs. And I started to listen, listening to them. Then I think about a year or two later, there was a sister in the church. She, she did something. I was also happy with her. When I saw her, she was not somebody that I, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't so interested in seeing her. She also traveled when she came. She brought, doesn't mean that go and buy me CDs, please. Don't buy me any CDs. I'm not, I'm not campaigning for CDs. But she bought me CDs. When she put me and I look at the CDs, immediately I, I, I don't know, but I just, my heart just warmed towards her. Because my heart warmed towards the CD. I looked at it. It was not perfume. It was not this. It was not that. But she brought me some particulars which I listened to, which became a great blessing to me. So because of that, my heart towards that, person just became sold and became like a man who has eaten food and he has forgotten himself. Yeah. And I'm just trying to say that when I look at my attitude towards the ministration of the word by somebody I consider a father to me, and I look at my pastors and their attitude toward the ministration of the word, even their efforts to get it. You know, when you look at how the work they put on to put things on internet, this, this, that, it's like it's, like, it's too much bother. And I look and I can see a difference between me and them from that point. Then I can see a difference between me and them even in the outcome. And that's why you can see that the prophecy that this one will do more greater works than him shall you do. It's not happening. Yeah? Because there are people that call me sons. My works are more than theirs. And we are both alive. You didn't get it. There are people that call me, I am their son. But my works are greater than their works. That doesn't, when your works are more than your father's works, it doesn't mean you are, you are not your father and you are not greater than him. It's just you've done more things. And Joshua went and fought and killed. Or Moses couldn't. But that's, he's not greater than When Jesus appeared and he appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration, it is Moses and Elijah who came, not Joshua and Elijah. The children didn't come. The fathers, they came for the meeting with Jesus. So the fact that you are doing more doesn't mean anything much. But the fact is that I'm expecting to see sons doing more. What do you think? Huh? So precious is the anointing to me and I can see that people don't value the anointing. And I think probably the first is that they don't even know they are not anointed. That's why I said that. When the day the voice came to me and the voice said, from today you can teach. I was a teacher already. I had a church. But the first sermon that I preached, I preached about the prodigal son. And there was somebody sitting there. And she wrote a letter to a girl in Ankafo and said, Brother Dags, I was called Brother Dags, Brother Dags has changed. But I don't know what it is. Something about him has changed. Because the Lord told me that I would see an immediate response to what I was in the room. He told me I would see an immediate, he would prove it to me. And immediately after that, I was invited to full gospel breakfast meeting, Suhum Branch, the next day. And I went to preach. And I started to preach. I don't know what, what I preached about. 
Yeah. Are you listening? Are you there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Gilgal, the place where circumcised, number two, this accidental, you just, you just came here and then God had chosen you. You were walking and then before you realized, you were the one who was at a particular place. It just happened. It just happened. Just it just happened. You didn't choose. It just happened. But then after that, now it stopped here. That thing stopped now. Now plant, plant, and eat it. That's where it stopped. So accidentally you became a pastor. Now intentionally you are supposed to become anointed. My appointment of you as a pastor means nothing in heaven. It's God's appointment of you as a pastor that matters in heaven. A lot of things we do here they are not recorded in heaven. If I call myself a BMW, I'm not, I'm not a BMW. I can say, I am, I am. Brighter, brighter, brighter. Out. If you are feeling sleepy, please go out. You see, these are precious things to me. Honestly, it's... I almost don't feel like preaching anymore. And I don't know why I don't feel like preaching anymore. It's true. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I don't feel like preaching things to things that are not valuable. Oh, Yeah. Me, to me, it's everything. Oh. Everything is the anointing. Because the anointing is God. Holy, it's a God. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. When you're talking about the anointing, you might as well say how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with God the Holy Ghost. And the power of God. That's how you could expand it. With God the Holy Ghost and with the power of God. Amen. Amen. Now, if you look at the back of your map, just, just turn to the back there quickly. You see, right? Are you there? Have we been able to move from Gilgal? We are just about to move. But we are being hindered by some prophets. And anointed prophets. All right. Where 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 is this uh, topic? Kings. Let's read Second Kings. Chapter one. What do you think? Huh? All right. Is it working? Where were we? Battle of going in the opposite direction, isn't it? The sons of prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said, Knowest thou the Lord will take the master? He said, Yeah, I know it. Shut up. Verse 4. Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Now what happens at Bethel? Mystically, Bethel stands for a place where you meet with God and start to have some real experiences with the Lord for yourself. Remember Bethel in uh, Genesis chapter 28? Let's have a look at it. Genesis chapter what? 28. From verse 10. 
And Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. Because the sun was set and he took up the stones of that place and he put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. He dreamed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you there? You just look at verse 19. It says, He called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Okay? Now, just to let you know that it's Bethel. But what are some of the things that happened at Bethel? One, he dreamed. Bethel is the place where some of the natural things that happen in your life become supernatural. Bethel is a place where dreams begin to mean a lot. You see, in my life, I have had dreams that mean nothing. Plenty. Kenneth Higgins said, I am satisfied that God has spoken to me in a dream only four times. Or only once. Something like that. Huh? Are you there? But, you will find out. Are you there? That mystically, the battle of Bethel is the battle to take the ordinary and lift it a little till it becomes supernatural to you. Because you can have a thousand dreams. All of them mean nothing. I mean, I've had dreams which are like useless. But now you begin to have a dream that means something. Wow. And these dreams come at all times. But God shows you wonderful things. Many of the wonderful visions and dreams I've had. They are mostly dreams, but they are like visions that are dreams. You know, I like to say vision because vision sounds more powerful than dream. How many realize when you say I had a vision sounds more powerful than I had a dream? <laughs> so when you're preaching, I said to say I had a vision or a dream, more, than a, more of a vision than a dream. It's like a dream. Oh, dream. But we all dream. But now there is something a little extra as you go further. And you see, I prayed and I experienced at a point where my dreams, I started to have a dream with a meaning. So right now as I'm here, I've had, a, I've had so many dreams that most of the dreams don't mean much. And some of you, you have too many dreams. And you shouldn't say them when you have a lot of dreams. In the multitude of dreams, there is something useless there. Too much. But one or two of them, special dream. One particular dream that comes to me is a dream that made me 
realized that I needed help. What happened was that I dreamt that I was in church. And then service was going on the second service from 8.30 to 10.30. And I had to go and see somebody, a professor, or something important. So I went. And I got back to church. Church would have ended at 10.30, but I was ending at with stretching the service to 11. When I got back at 10 to 11, they had not yet preached. And when I got back, I said, what are you doing? So we are waiting for you. We will always wait for you. You will be the only person who must preach. So we are waiting. We said, why didn't you preach? Because I had to do this. It was so important for the church. And then come back. So you should have preached to help me. You understand? To cover up for me. So then I had to carry to the pulpit. And force a message. 10 minutes to 11. Remember which are close at 10.30. And I preached. Managed to round up. Close the service by about 20 past 11. When I woke up, the Lord said, you need people. People need to help you more than they are helping you. One day, I had another vision or a dream. I like to say vision because it sounds more powerful than a dream. Doesn't it sound more powerful when you have it? <laughs> so, anyway, listen up. Yogi Cho, I had a dream that Yogi Cho came back to Ghana for a program. And this time, I held the program in my bedroom. I had a big bedroom. And I arranged chairs in it. And I said, Young Joe should come and preach there. And when he came, he, he came and he worked with me. He came to say, what place is this? There's few chairs, few people. He was so angry with me. He blasted me. Then, down at the corner, of the church was standing Reverend Saki, Pastor Eddie, and my wife. And he went to them. And when he got there, he started chatting with them. I was laughing and chatting with them. And when he saw me, he was very bored. Look at me, very angry. He chatted with them. And they also chatted with him happily. And then he went away. And I got up. And in the dream, it was Reverend Saki and Pastor Eddie and my wife who had said that we should have the program in that room. <laughs> you see, and you know what the Lord told me. Now, you see, the interpretation, interpretation of the dream depends on what the Lord says it means. But you see, the Lord tell, showed me something. He said that. These people have helped you very well up to now. But to continue, some other people will have to be added to them to help you. And if you depend on only their help, you will have a bedroom <laughs> crusade. And that began the entry of new people to add to the people that were helping me, who have helped me from the beginning up till now. 
And that's why when you come to Ebenezer, you find a whole lot of people who are not there even five years ago. Because the Lord said, the help they gave you has reached where it can go. And there need to be more hands to help the thing to go to the place that it has to go. Are you there? And more stories. How many want to hear more stories? But you see, we get to a place where now things begin. There's supernatural. And everything supernatural looks natural. I'll give you an example. Remember I told you four steps to the anointing. I want you to do it with me. Yearning. Loving. Then... Abandon, do like this. And then receive. <laughs> the yearning and the loving are always exactly yearning and loving. You never know whether it is love or it. you never know. You never know whether the love is is it good love. Or bad love. Because love is love. It's like a voice. When you hear a voice, you never know whether it's God or man. Like Samuel. Lord, Lord. Samuel, Samuel. And he come back. You called me. Because it sounds... Why would he say he called me? If, if you hear a sound like this. Roar! I will not say, oh, Busola was calling me. Busola doesn't speak that way. Busola doesn't speak. Roar! No. So if I hear, I'll say maybe one of the lions from the lion park has come. <laughs> but I will not say, I will not get up and get up from my room and go to Bustola and say, Bustola, what? What were you saying? Did you call me? That's not how she speaks. That's not how she speaks. Oh, you don't understand my message. So the fact that he said, uh, you called me means that it sounds like the natural one. So the love you have for somebody in the ministry feels like real, like love, as if you are in love with the person. The yearning you have for the person feels as though you, you actually desire the person. The abandoning is like abandoning, and the receiving is the supernatural part of the whole thing. It's true. That's why when, when you are called, you always battle to know whether you are really called because it's almost as if you have decided. It always looks like you're the one who decided. So you're always never really sure. That's how supernatural. That's the dream. is like one of the dreams. Because he had a dream. He saw angels ascending and descending. Huh? Yeah. What do you think? Are you jealous? (laughs) All right. I'm blessed. So your dreams and your normal things they take because right now when I have a desire or an interest I don't take it naturally I, I feel that it's a calling they've changed I, I don't believe that I am lasting after somebody I believe that I'm interested in it spiritually and I've gone through so many things in my mind and my heart be sure but i 
It's the same like a dream. Had a hundreds of dreams, but a, a place came where my dreams changed a little. And now, you see, one day, I found myself in a house. And there was a lion in the house. This is another thing. And I went to the side of the house like that. And I, it was like a white lion. And it was moving. Then I realized it was coming. I've never had you fight. You are, you are scared. Then I knew this lion was coming to get me. So I ran this way. And when I was running, the main house was locked. And I came to the outhouse. And it was the room of my house help. Charles. And I ran into his room and closed the door and I was saved from the land. And the Lord told me, your helpers, they will save you. Yeah. Hmm. But I never had helpers before. There was a time I felt I was going to die of a heart attack very suddenly because of the stress that I was under. I built a big thing that is bigger than you. <laughs> you see him. So I ran. And I escaped. What do you think? One day I dreamed a dream. Hmm. You see, I wrote some stories, but that, part, that one, I didn't write it. I've now remembered because I can't write it. Because it's, it's a dream that you cannot, you cannot relate with now. One day, the devil was intimidating me about intimidating me about something, and I became scared. So I had a dream. In the dream, I was walking on the beach. And have you seen this type of beach where there's grass or this type of shrubs? So I was walking on the, on the path. And suddenly, I saw a snake. A green snake. And the snake came this way. It was coming to me. And I said, hey! Then I remembered school. I learned about snakes. I said, green snake is not a dangerous snake. So I said, no, this is not a dangerous snake. So I said, hey! And the snake ran away. I said, it's not a dangerous snake. So I continued. Then I saw another snake came. And this snake was a different color. But it was a python. Then I saw a python. And I remember a python too is not a dangerous snake. And you know what the python did? The python lifted itself as if it was a cobra. And I said, no, I know you are not a dangerous snake. So I said, and it ran away. And I was standing there and I was happy. And I just looked down. My heel, my right heel. By the side of my right heel was a viper's head. The viper was lying there like this. Fuck like that was lying there. And my head my was just there. And it was asleep. And my leg came. And the Lord said, hey, the real danger is not what you are looking at that you are afraid of. There is another danger there. Then I got up. These are no normal dreams. These are no normal dreams. These are 
dreams that have gone into a realm and a level. One day I had a dream. I saw that I was being sent somewhere. In that place where I was going, I could only go there as a doctor. So before I realized, I had to remove my stethoscope and restart medical practice. I said, hey, what dream is this? I'm in full-time ministry. And I slept again. Then a few days later, I had the same dream. That's the only dream I've had twice. And I, I saw myself the same and the Lord said, you are going to have to take up medicine again. Mm-hmm. Which I have. <laughs> See, when the Lord is leading you to better, it's a totally different place. And now we've built a hospital. We're just about to do the grand opening. Are you there? Yeah. Anyway. There is coming a time in your life God will make the natural things supernatural. The voice that you hear, you hear this one is God. All along the dreams have been foolish dreams. The voice has been not natural voice. The love has been natural love. But now it's changing. We are getting nearer the double portion. What do you think? Are you ready for that? Let's read on. And he dreamed a dream. Amen. Amen. Huh? What verse were we on? Verse 10. He lighted upon a certain place, because the sun was setting, took stones and lay down. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west to the east to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed Behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and bring thee again into this land I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Jacob, yeah, let's just end there. Jacob woke out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it. Now you see, if we are becoming more supernatural. Surely the Lord is in this place. Don't sleep. I'm going to close just now. Tell the person next to you, listen. You are tall. 
When will you stop sleeping in church? Are you listening? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Huh? Are you listening carefully? Now you begin to know something about the presence of God. When you start to go on the anointing, you start to detect difference. You see, like when I came here, before I started preaching, I detected, you see, last year when I came here, the way I related with you people here spiritually is different from the way I'm relating with you here spiritually. Even before I started preaching, I have the text on my phone. I sent a text to somebody. I said, I wonder. This is but I'm going to flow and see. And so I'm not surprised. As I got a certain point, I said, oh, I could see that from certain things, there's a certain disconnection. But it's quite different from last year. And that is even why I came with all my heart. I've come to these people who like anointing. I'm coming to talk about anointing to them. <laughs> it's true. And three years ago, when I came for a camp here, I said, I won't come for any camp here again. You see, there comes a time when you know God is here, God is not here. And there is no formula, but you just know. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. <laughs> one day I met with some of my pastors from one part of Ghana. I told them, as for you people, you are like, I mean, these stepchildren grow better. I told them all about themselves. Afterwards, one of the pastors came quietly to me and said, how do you know about us? How do you know everything about us? I said, you, you, you don't ever listen to tapes at all. So he said, how do you know all these things about us? I said, oh, well, I, I can just feel it. He said, surely the Lord is in this place. You see, you've come to a place where you can, you can feel God. For instance, when I listen to music, I, I smell the music. I start to feel. Because sometimes you can have a great name. Great music. But God is not in the music. There's plenty of music like that. God is not in And I'm not talking about this music that says, I want to get to do with that. You are going to have the war of a lost day when you're going to have this. No, no. Apart from those ones. I'm talking about music which... Is, I mean, that's gospel rap and gospel whatever. But I'm talking about music that is like so, so apparently spiritual and flowing and everything. There is music. Surely the Lord is in this place. Even a time can where you can feel. Even different preachers, you can feel it. This person, a certain way. That's why, for instance, somebody like Reverend Eastwood. I enjoy his ministry. Because and, and you see, with him, even in the natural, I, I may not have enjoyed it in the natural for 
so many reasons and we have had so many little I mean issues with him over the years not over the years but I mean one or two but you see he's so fresh so I like I like his ministry I enjoy I, 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 when, I, when he's there in his ministry I'm blessed but I'm not always blessed you see, like Benny Hinn said, that's why I enjoy watching Christianity. I watch Christianity. I can't watch. I prefer CNN to TBN. If sometimes I come home, when I say I don't, you see, I don't even want to have bad thoughts. I just switch. Most of the time, I prefer to watch news. Most of the time than to watch this TBN. I will prefer to put on, my, like for instance, when I, I was in my hotel. I have my own CDs. And there's a CD player. I carry my own DVD player. And then there is a there was, that hotel there was a DVD player and a big screen and everything. I play I was in heaven throughout. Then I got some Christian music and I put it on. After the music played for some time, I felt and this was music that should be you should be regarded as top class music, Christian music. After I prayed for us, I said, hey, surely is the Lord not in the place or is in the place? <laughs> Mrs. Lawrence, huh? arise. Yellow card, where's your card? Is it Linda? Because you are a lady, you can get a yellow card. <laughs> She does not even know the difference between yellow card and yellow card. <laughs> you can feel it. You can feel it. You can feel it in pastors. You can feel it on TV. You can feel it in music. You can feel it in the church. You can feel it when you relate with people. You can feel it in books. You can feel it in tapes. You can feel it. You have come to a place. The dream has changed. The feeling has changed. Surely, the Lord is not. I used to sleep under trees and on rocks. But now I slept on a tree and a rock and I knew that God was here. I discovered. Wow. What do you think? Is it a powerful thing? I don't know if it's powerful to you, but it's very powerful to me. To me, it's very powerful. But you see, when you are very dull spiritually, it will not be of interest to you. What I'm saying is so powerful. You just be looking at the thing. That, that, that's why I said that. And I was, I was, I was, you see, Pastor Eddie said to me, he said that, hey, he has also been, not, he doesn't enjoy watching the Christian TV. But he couldn't say it. <laughs> and in the same thing, I also couldn't say it. But when I heard Ben, he says, ah! <laughs> Apart from one or two programs, most of the things I don't enjoy them. It's one or two. And even Ben Hill, what he does on TV, that's not Ben Hill. That's the presentation. For the general people. The real ones. Yeah. 
at another place. You get it? So you start to sense. You start to feel. You start to know. You are getting towards anointing. I said you are heading towards Jordan. The double portions. Are you excited about it? Are you tired about it? Are you sure you are not tired about it? But I can see your faces. Your faces are telling me you are tired about it. All right, no problem. I'll go away soon with all my anointing things. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Wow. House of God and gate of heaven. A rock. A tree. House of God, gate of heaven. Now, you can feel the gate of heaven in the house of God. On the rock. Where everybody passes and kicks, you pass and you experience house of God and gate of heaven. People fall asleep. And you see house of God and gate of heaven. Isn't that wonderful? That is why I, I, I say, and you see, that's why I, I encourage that if you are going to give an offering, don't give it because the person needs. That's why when you hear me preaching, I always preach in a way that you never give me something because I need it. But as a spiritual thing, you will do it. Because that is where you begin to see that somebody sees this rock as a gate. A gate. You know what a gate of heaven is? It's a channel from where heaven's things come through. When you get to Bethel, it means you have identified where the thing is coming from. Most people don't know where things are coming from. When we talk of a gate of heaven, most people don't know where the blessing is coming from. Wow. 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 You've seen this my gate. This is the house of God. This is where God is. As far as I'm concerned, this is where God is. Is it not a powerful and mystical place? Bethel. How mysterious. How powerful. Is this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright. And he called the name of that place. Bethel. Huh? Wow. But the name of that place was called Luz. At the first. Hallelujah. Now. One of the things which I'm going to end with, because I, I don't think I want to finish this. You all look so sleepy. One of the things, don't say mercy. It's the reality. One of the things that you get to in Bethel, you begin to know what is important. Most people don't know what is important. Now he was pouring oil on the rocks. 
and making a memorial. Are you there? A memorial. Something to remember. Something to remind himself forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May you find, hallelujah, the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Amen. At that place. Hallelujah. Are you blessed today? Come to your feet. Father, we are grateful for your blessing and your anointing. Help us, O God, to do what is right. In Jesus' name, amen. Six o'clock tomorrow morning, we start.